Welcome to episode one of the Black Belly Dance Bundle podcast series. We're starting off with who is that beautiful black belly dancer? Join me, Ebony, and Tiffany as we sit down with our brilliant panel of dancers, Daniel Hutton, Laura Adrian, Rox Razi, Nefertiti, and Iona for a lively conversation about and celebration of seeing ourselves, black dancers, in the spotlight. Listen in as we relate about the first time each of us saw a professional black belly dancer and what exactly that meant for us. We're going to discuss imposter syndrome, encouraging one another, and so much more. We really hope that our discussion inspires you as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Yala Rocks. My name is Tiffany, and I'm usually the host here, but... We are doing a series of podcasts for the Black Belly Dance Bundle, in which I have partnered with Ebony Qualls to bring this amazing product to all of you. So I'm going to let her take it away. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Uh, So I'm Ebony, and I'm here with some really good friends. We have Danielle Hutton, we have Iona, we have Nefertiti, Razi, and Laura Adrienne. And today on this episode, we're talking about who is that beautiful black belly dancer. So this is basically going to be a celebration and a conversation about seeing ourselves, our, ourselves as black belly dancers in the spotlight. And I thought that this was a really great conversational piece because I find that uh, sometimes when us black belly dancers get together, we have this very shared experience of a black belly dancer that we saw when we were just learning how to belly dance and we saw someone that really set us on fire and really inspired us. And since it's such a common experience between all of us, I thought that we would have a chat about it. So um, I guess I'll start off with my experience. I came up through belly dance here in Washington, DC and had a really great support system and really great teachers and peers Um, I was having a blast and I was at a show that I was performing in that Lisa Zahia put together in Baltimore. And I think it was called Sundari. And um, I didn't even really know Lisa. This would be before me and Lisa became good friends. But um, I saw Lotus Naraja performing. And I know that like I, a lot of my friends, a lot of my black belly dance friends or belly dancers that happen to be black had the same experience. Saw Lotus Naraja and pretty much flipped out because I had not seen any black belly dancers come at it like that. Like she was just so energetic and she had so much like she had this attitude, but it was like authentically hers And it just made me understand that there was more to this dance than playing dress up, which I kind of felt like I had been doing. I was having a good time. But once I saw Lotus, I was like, wow, there's like space for me to be myself. Um, And that like really fired me up um, and really gave me a lot more energy in learning this dance. And I just thought that it would be great to talk about these kinds of experiences that all of us have had. So does anyone else, and I know you do, like who else wants to talk about um, 
that aha moment for them seeing someone else who looks like you? I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. I'll jump in. I had a similar experience. Um, I'm, I'm out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, when I first started uh, in a belly dance class, I was the only one. Um, there might have been, I heard that there were two other black belly dancers in the community, but I hadn't seen them. And um, they were taking under by understanding they were taking with other instructors at that time. And we had been dancing for a while. Right. Uh, I had uh, my main instructor was Yasmin and um, out of Charlotte. And we danced with the troupe there. And we had we danced at the Renaissance Festival and, you know, Carolina Renaissance Festival. And we did it for years and I had a great time. But it was just me. Right. It was just me. And um I have to actually give credit to my instructor or director at that time. She gave me a flyer one day and it was a flyer with Lotus Naraja on it. So I had not seen a performance, but I just to just have a flyer with a picture of a black belly dancer on it, like dressed up. And I was like, like blown, right? Mine blown, right? And I had not seen a performance, not anything. Um, and then I want to say at the time she had a troop, was it the NDC? Yeah? Yes. yes the NDC. Let me tell you, to just see like six or seven Black women all at the same time <laughs> performing, because by that time, and I don't know why I didn't run to YouTube at that time. I mean, it was around, I think, yeah, I think it was around, but we just weren't out there, right? But to go out there and see that many Black women performing all at the same time, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I was in, but now, you know what I'm saying? But now I'm in. And then, you know, that, that kept me, I'd say that fueled me for a while, a good while. It still does to this day, right? But then a few years later, you know, buzzing around on YouTube, ran into Donna Mejia. And then my brain exploded and I was, <laughs> just, my heart fell out. You can have it. <laughs> you can have it. Um, and found out that she was having a, um, a workshop in um, Greensboro. I think it was like, yeah, no, Greenville, South Carolina, which is a couple, like an hour away. And so I like snuck off from work y'all and uh, <laughs> for like two days and my, like, now, now this is public and my manager's going to yell, but, um, <laughs> um, but snuck away for like two days and just was on call for work, but taking classes with Donna in a workshop. Y'all. <laughs> my heart was so happy. I was so happy. And so that is, you know, and then later, I mean, Ebony, I saw you on YouTube too. Right. And was like, <laughs> So yeah, I, these are for me those experiences, like touch points as I've danced through the years that yeah. have, you know, introduced me and sustained me. Yeah, and for me, there were more as well. Then I saw Margamal as well. I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe I couldn't believe when I saw Margamal that a belly dancer had braids. I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know right. that. Uh, cabaret dancers could perform with braids. Yeah, she had some long braids at one point. Yeah, she did. And I've never seen it on anyone else either. Well, you, but... <laughs> but you know what, though? 
I I think I had to see her do it first. <laughs> well, I saw her do it first before I tried to do it myself. I ran out and got a wig, actually. I tried that. <laughs> Wait, like a braid wig or like a, a wig wig? No, like a wig wig. I thought it would be more glamorous. But um <laughs> and once I remember I went with the wig to um to meet another dancer, Zyra, at a cafe yeah. afterwards. Yeah. And she was standing there with a few friends and she's like, Do you have a wig on? It's sliding forward. <laughs> <laughs> In front of a few of her friends. <laughs> well, you know, I was wearing wigs too, but nobody, like, sometimes you don't realize you need to learn how to wear the wig. I've realized I can't do it. I've tried it a few times. I can't do it. It's not for me. Because y'all have similar experiences, because most of y'all live kind of near the same area. Like, uh, Evan, you're what, in D.C.? I don't know, you're near, like, in North Carolina, but was near there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I when I started, I was in North Carolina, but I was on the um, eastern side of North Carolina near the coast. So there weren't really any uh, dance instructors at the time when I started in 2001. So everything I learned was off of videos. So mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all remember the uh, the belly dance twins, Vina and Nina. I do. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Y'all remember that green videotape that was like the fitness one? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I started, that's how, that's how I got my start was using those tapes and then eventually found uh, Jelena's tapes. And then it was like, well, how come all these women are really dancing, but there's nobody that looks like me. So thankfully the internet was unregulated and wild and free and I found all kinds of videos. So like my first experience with like a professional belly dancer at the time was Ahava and seeing some of her videos online. Mm. And eventually I found Lotus Naraja that way um, and kind of went from there. And right before I left North Carolina was when I had my first experience with a teacher who was married to a Moroccan and she had spent time in Morocco and Egypt. So that's where I learned. And then eventually when I started moving south is when I actually got to experience learning from a black instructor, which just happened to be a Ahava. Wow. And then that's oh, how wow. I started getting to know more of you all through the internet mostly. And luckily because thank God for Atlanta, I got to meet some of y'all. Like I remember the time when Ebony was there and being able to uh, have experiences with Tiffany. Cause I, apparently I subbed the class that she was in and she remembers it. <laughs> Cause I, I was like, wait, what? That's what we met? But yeah, and yeah. then like having, you know, different experience with different teachers like Nefertiti and Dominique Mahia. Cause I was excited when I saw Nefertiti's development course because I saw a very, very short clip of her on the internet. And I think that's like one of your only clips of yeah, you dancing. I think so. I don't put any on that. Yeah, you need more out there. <laughs> oh, like I keep telling her she needs to put more out there, but she won't. <laughs> Why? Why not? No. You know, I, I think I suffered from imposter syndrome for a long time, right? Ooh. Being a black, I mean, I, I'm much older than all of you beautiful ladies, I'm, you know. And so when I started this game 40 years ago, basically, there was no one that looked like me in the U.S. <laughs> that I saw anyway. It wasn't until I went to Egypt and lived there for a long time is actually when I saw, um, you know, dancers that had my complexion. <laughs> and I wouldn't even classify as black, but I would say they were black for me. <laughs> right, right. And then when I came back to the U.S. is when I saw 
you know, black belly dance. I'm like, oh, damn, this is nice. Right? <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, look at them. Like, just amazing. Like, I feel like the world has been holding back on us because we don't have as much connection yeah. because we're scattered all over the place and there's not as many of us. So it's like a blessing to be able to connect with the people that we know now. You know what? I didn't really give this um, as much thought until the topic of the podcast came up. But my second black, my second belly dance teacher that I ever had was black. She was one of those um, earthy, in touch with nature women. She could really dance. Was this my in second the area? Mm -hmm. This was in yeah. This was in DC. I, I I saw her at a party. It was a house party, and she performed. So mm. yeah, and then so I don't think I. I don't think I, I really gave it that much thought, but I do remember being absolutely blown away when I saw Lotus dance in person, but it wasn't yeah. because she was black. It was because she is so good she at is. performing. Yeah. I, yeah. I was blown yeah. away. She was one of the best. That was probably at the time that was the best belly dance and performance I had ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, she's amazing. She's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely say her troop, her troop in the NDC, like it was very innovative, especially for the time, because I don't think any troop has really replicated that or been capable of replicating what they've done, because yeah. they did put a lot of uh, their soul and their blackness into their performances. There was a lot yes, of flavor definitely. there. Like, I don't know if y'all remember the one where they did what it was like to the homecoming music. Like the, yes. Uh, yes. Marching, the band drum, music. marching Yeah. So my troop did a piece that was very much like dedicated to what they did. It's the same music. Nice. But it is like, I'm very loud about like, this was Lotus's idea. I actually asked Lotus a long time ago, are you okay with me using this music? But that was her concept. So Lotus and the NDC did this um, drum solo to HBCU marching band. Mm -hmm. And it was like, of course, of course that goes. And it was just like genius. But I don't know if there's video of them doing it. Do, do you all know if there's something on YouTube? It has to be because that's the only place I saw it. I felt like I saw it on YouTube, but I could be wrong. I mean, I know what you're talking about. And I've not, I've only seen load. I've never seen the NDC perform um, just because I didn't, I didn't make it up to DC, <laughs> but I, all of the videos, I, I saw Lotus perform live, but if I know about it, that means it must have been on the internet because I didn't see it in person. So it's got to be out there somewhere. It's out there somewhere. Danielle, did you have a story too? So um, it's kind of ironic about the New York City scene is that like, it's very, it's very insular and, and students kind of stuck with their teachers. And so while um, I knew Amar Gamal, um, I studied with a totally different teacher. And I remember when I was, I was about 17 when I first started dancing and there was another dancer who was, who was black, full figured, and she was just absolutely luscious and I loved her. And my teacher wanted us to do, eventually do a piece together where we're just doing all sorts of hip work, but with our backs to the audience the whole time, which would have been amazing <laughs> to do. But unfortunately it, ne it never happened because then I went away to school and she um, 
since she stopped dancing for a while. But, um, you know, my kind of trajectory was a bit different. Like it didn't take long before I ventured into the fusion space, which is very, very, very white. Um, and actually it wasn't until I saw Ebony at Spring Caravan <laughs> doing the, the drum line piece. I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's someone who looked like me. <laughs> yeah, I think I met you and Serena at that, right? Yeah, was back when I danced, back, back when I danced with Solstice. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, it's, you know, and that's the thing about, you know, the, the fusion space is just how not, how not many black dancers there are. And so when we see each other, it's like, yes, yes, yes. And then, you know, there was probably like a little bit of competition things that might've been happening, at least in the New York scene. Mm. Um, but I think now we've kind of gotten past all of that because we're all in such like different trajectories in terms of what fusion means for us anyway. So, um, so I think like now it's been more like, how can we really support each other and how can we bolster each other's works and stuff? But yeah, I remember like seeing Ebony in person. And I was like, I, I want to know you. <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> What's interesting, Danielle, is I wonder, like, if we noticed each other at the same time, because I remember when you were dancing, um, there were four of you, and I think you maybe did the Massive Spectacular? Was that? Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. a video of the four of you that is amazing. And I was like, but who's the Black girl? Like, who, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if we were, like, fangirling each other at the same time. I don't know if it was, that was like the same time period. I imagine that we totally were. Yeah. And I knew Sarah, though, because me and Sarah came up together yeah. as baby belly dancers. But um, yeah, she like did her whole own thing in New York. That was amazing. But I remember seeing you, Danielle, and being really inspired. Hi. Yay. <laughs> no, um, yeah. And then. I forgot what event it was that we actually like, I remember we, we got together and we sat down and we were just having this conversation at this like restaurant in Midtown mm -hmm. and stuff. We were talking about dubstep. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. I think we talked about Burning Man. So I think yeah. my first fusion dancer that I saw was uh, Naima. Yeah. And I, I was- Me yeah. too. Right, right. Yeah. So same. I absolutely love the electronica space. I love the bass hit, bass hits, all of that, right? And so, you know, to Danielle's point, you know, prior to running into Naima, a lot of what I saw as, you know, what we call as fusion belliness was all white women. But they were killing it though, you know, they was killing. So I was okay, you know, but <laughs> very, very particular to the beat. But um but once I saw Naima do it, I was like, yeah, like, yeah, this is this, right? Because I'm like that, I don't, I don't know the, the, the hip hop beats, all of that stuff. I'm like, that's our beats. <laughs> Where are my people? Exactly. Where yeah. are my people? Yeah. I think I felt that way also when I saw Rachel Bryce. Well, first of all, I felt all kinds of ways when I saw her, but yes. she, was God, she was popping. She was popping. Yes, she was killing And I was it. like, oh, that's some of our stuff. Like, that's some stuff I've been doing since elementary school. We can do that? In yeah, Delhi girl, with the, to that song? 
On yeah, the stage, to that. We can do with this. It, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> it's all like it's so cool, like discovering. Like you know, sometimes it just does take somebody else doing something to be like, oh, like we're doing this. So yeah, I feel you, Iona. Yeah, I I felt like seeing like the indigo gave me permission to take the music that I would just listen to in my car and actually dance to it. Question, has anybody taken a class with Naima? With Naima? I have, I have. It's, it's hard. Like she had <laughs> us doing all kinds of like stomach stuff and my stomach has yet to recover from it. She's pretty <laughs> awesome though, you know. Yeah, she's amazing. I want to take a sword class with her. I think she was one at some point. Yeah, I think Naima gave me permission to be myself while listening to the music and everything else, right? Right. You know, the watching other people dance to that type of music gave me permission to be able to do it as like a human being, you know, but seeing like Naima and then Donna and then like Ebony and then the role, the listeners just started rolling. I was like, okay, I feel like I can be myself doing this. And that's when it took off. I was actually, I was going to ask you a question, Laura. What about, what about you? Like you probably weren't seeing like black belly dancers when you were living and working in Turkey or were you? This is, now that you're sharing your experience, I haven't really given it as much. Now that the, these things are starting to come back to me, I remember when I had lived in Turkey, but I hadn't really danced. But I had lived there for two years, and I but I was and I was living in D.C. at the time, and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to get a contract. I wanted to dance abroad. I wanted to go to the Middle East. <laughs> and um, I saw this dancer. She was called Marta Concio, I want to say was her name. Definitely Marta. And she was living in Dubai. And it looked like she had done some contracts. And so I did my research. And she was Black, hmm. Brazilian. But, mm -hmm. you know, I could tell she was Black. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So anyway, um, so I kind of knew this manager. And I, I, I had researched her and I saw she had worked for him too. So I contacted the manager and um, he was like, look, and he was Lebanese and he was booking dancers all over the world. And he was like, look, I'm sure you can dance, but you're too dark. I'm not going to be able to get you any um, gigs at all. And I was like, but what about this girl, Marta? She's dancing all over the Middle East. Mm. And she, he was like, I got her a couple contracts, but I don't work with her anymore. I wasn't able to for the most part. So that actually for me was like kind of surprise, disappointing, disappointing, yeah. maybe yeah. more than it was surprising because I saw her and it looked like she was doing it. And what she actually did was go to Dubai and make a name for herself doing all kinds of different kinds of dances. Okay. But in the end, um, I realized that I would do best in a country that kind of admired black features. Mm. So in the end, I went back to Turkey and I was able to dance, but I was the only one. But you were well received there. I, I was accepted. Okay. They, they, some people very rarely, maybe three times in all the years I danced in Turkey, I was told, I might be a little too dark, or maybe I didn't get the job because I was black. Mm -hmm. But I danced 
hundreds and hundreds of times. Right. I mean, you you were performing at that uh, club that uh, died him. I performed at Sultana's for about three years. Um, Didem, That's a I big think deal. Didem <laughs> has been performing there on and off for probably, I don't know, 15 years or since she was a kid. But yeah, I danced at Sultana's. I danced with Baba Zula. I went to Montenegro and danced, which, yeah, which was cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I danced for some in like, some concerts. Um, I danced for tourists and for Turkish people. I really didn't. Yeah. In Turkey, I was really. But you were the only, you were the only black one in Turkey when you were here in the United States. though, did you have many black dance peers? I had Some black dancers who were really good, but they weren't really gigging. They weren't mm-hmm. really, they weren't performing for the general public. Okay. Just mostly you knew other students when you were here. I knew other students and I knew other professional level um, dancers, but they weren't necessarily performing professionally. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. one of my favorite dancers in D.C. is Zyra. And I really don't think I mean, I mean, yeah, she's great. She's so good. She's She's so good. so good. Yeah. Yeah. But she's not really out here in these belly dance streets performing for the general public. She's yeah. more doing, right. um, you know, troop stuff. Yeah. Well, her Egyptian style is gorgeous. Just gorgeous. She's one of my favorite dancers, hands down. But mm. she's not really gigging. So, no, I didn't really have that many. I don't think there are that many um, performing dancers in the, in the D.C. area. I actually, I mean, they're really just a handful all over the country. But mm. it's still a lot more than it is overseas. Well, I wanted to also ask Nefertiti. Um, so Nefertiti, you were saying that you, you've been in this, in belly dance for much longer than the rest of us. And probably when you were learning there, you probably didn't have any black dance peers or black dance teachers. Like, what was that like? Yeah. Well, you know, 40 years ago, I guess it got it. Old You're a woman of a certain age. I'm a woman of a certain age. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, I, honestly, I do not recall having a teacher, a black teacher, probably until I've been doing this for 20, 20 some odd years. I think when I first saw my black teacher, a first black teacher. And uh, I found the world very lonely because I saw no one that looked like me. You know, I didn't have, it was a very tough world. Yeah, um, and it's, it's not until for me when I went to the Middle East um, that I found who I was as an artist. Um, I was very fortunate that I was heavily connected in the Middle East, and if you've been there long enough, you know it's all about who knows who. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? But she did bring up a point. I believe that was her. She said that. Why is it that we don't see as many black um, performers? I don't, I'm in thinking about it now, it's probably not because there weren't any, but that there were challenges, whether it be, you know, hey, we're not gonna take a certain dancer of a certain color, or even on yourself being like dancing and being alone, mm-hmm. you know, and, and dealing with imposter syndrome. I know yes. I personally would have 
I only recently started putting videos of myself out publicly, although I've been dancing for 20 years, but I would not put public videos of myself. I basically just kind of danced back there somewhere, mm -hmm. I don't know, you know. <laughs> And I think that's honestly why a lot of uh, a lot of times we we know of gorgeous and awesome dancers, but they're not seen because there's a big thing about putting yourself out there, especially in the public. And, you know, the public can be savage. Yes. Yeah, they may they may see you and there might be like some kind of jealousy. They might not like you because you're dark enough. you're not dark enough. You're not skinny enough. And they put all these things, comics, whatever. And that can drive a person away from ever trying to be in the public sphere. Exactly. So especially like if you're trying to do this as a professional or as a regular entertainer, you got to have some kind of thick skin and not everybody yes. has that. Yeah. And then especially like for people like us, I think a lot of it is cultural. Like what is your family going to think? Even if like you're not of the, um, of Arab religion. Yes. Like it's like, what is my family going to think? What is my friends going to think? What if my boss sees this, you know? So I think that also is a deterrent for a lot of people not to put themselves out there. And I know there's a ton, a ton of black dancers now, um, yeah. especially that we see online. Like here in Atlanta, I've gone to events and seen wonderful, amazing dancers. We'll probably never see them dance in a restaurant, but they are out here and they're, they're out here and they're killing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is for it's real. Um, it's definitely an impediment. And I think that that's why it's, it really helps when there's representation. Um, and that's like everything that we've been talking about. It, it reminds me of something. I don't know if y'all remember that show, that sitcom, A Different World. It was like spinoff from The Cosby Show. Yeah. I remember hearing some statistic, some statistic about like when that show aired. Um, more people went to college, the HBCU. Black people. Yeah, more like something like um, black enrollment in college in colleges increased by something crazy. It was something like 30 to 50% increase because wow. of that show, because we saw ourselves on TV represented that way. And it's that thing where it's like, oh, we're doing that? Like that's a thing. Man, I love that show. It was so good, <laughs> wasn't it? I love that show. It was good. That show was fun. Yeah, that show made us like, oh, of course I'm going to college after yeah, high like school, of course. But um, and in the same way, I remember um, when I went to college, I went for like an orientation weekend and it was really cool because they had us stay with like other black students that were already enrolled just to like kind of sh show us around. I remember telling these black women that I had just met like, oh, I'm going to go out for the cheerleading squad. And they were like, oh, they don't take black girls on the cheerleading squad. And it was just like a it was a thing that was like a belief now not to say that there probably wasn't some like racism going on you know in that kind of selection but the belief was like they don't that we're not welcome there because they hadn't seen any other um black cheerleaders now y'all know i auditioned and made that cheerleading squad right. but <laughs> y'all know as soon as they said that, i was right. like they they what I was like, let me show you something. So yeah, then there was more black cheerleaders after that. Um, but it is like you, a lot of times it's so good for us to see each other first, because the other thing is like, you want to ask like, like how, how are you being treated? Like, what is it like for you to go and perform in that show or to go take classes with that teacher? 
You know, mm -hmm. if you see somebody else doing it, it makes you feel like maybe it's a welcoming space. Maybe like it's okay. Like if I see somebody else has done it. Yeah. I think with my instructor, it, we had a really interesting conversation. We were picking out uh, costumes for a show that we were going to perform in. And we were going to, you know, as a troupe, you know, some, it's a bit hard to try to buy all of this, uh, buy all of the same, right? So you make it. it, makes sense, no worries. And so she had sent out an email giving us a list of things that we needed to buy so that we could make our costume. Okay. And she, at the end, it said a nude bra. So I had to write her back and I said, you're nude or mine? <laughs> Oh, and she nude. was like, oh, shit. Like, it was a total, like, miss, right? But I think that moment there might have been the catalyst to be like, wait a minute. If it's that, right, if it's something as simple as a nude color bra, what else does she have to deal with? Well, let's look at her from Renaissance Festival. We're putting on our makeup. You know, they're putting things on their faces to accentuate their face what what color palette do you have to use like I'm like she totally like brain totally exploded right and she's like you have to use a different color palette and I'm like yes and at the time I was not a person to wear makeup like belly dance I didn't start putting on makeup until I started belly dancing so uh, yeah. every time I put on that's makeup so now I put it on like a belly dancer and that's not good yes. just going outside right that does that's not good but um <laughs> but you know, she's like, well, wait, you have a whole different palette and you could use all, you could use all the colors I could never use. And I was like, oh, I, I guess, I don't know. I'm not wearing makeup. So I, I suddenly, I don't say I became a project or, a, but it was a, a exploration. It was definitely, yeah. it launched a total exploration. And I think what happened was then it was like, all right, let's go. You go, you're going to go on stage with us. And we're going to go. And I'm like, okay. And everyone else had on like, you know, dark colored stuff because you're in the mud you know you don't want to get dirty it's renaissance festival it's mud everywhere mm -hmm. and um they're like no but you're we're gonna put you in orange you put on orange and you put on yellows and you put on reds like go for it and i'm like okay so i put it on and now pow right and people were just over they were like over the moon like we need wow. to wear bright colors you need we need to do this that and i don't and then suddenly I'd have to say a lot of black belly dancers started, students started to show in Charlotte. Um, you know, I think as a result of us just starting that investigation, right? Couldn't do it alone, of course, didn't know enough. Um, and that after that is when I got the flyer of Lotus Naraja. <laughs> yes. I got the flyer. Yeah, yeah kind of on, along the same lines, like part of why, you know, I ventured into the fusion space was because like, I didn't really see dancers who looked like me, who are, you know, who are also performing professionally in restaurants. Like I am, I'm tall, I'm not slender by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, I have like big curly hair, like I did not see anybody who looked like me. And thus like it, it almost felt like fusion was, the natural progression because it felt safer, which of course it has its own separate like issues. Um, but then the the time that I actually was performing, um, that I, I did go back into American cabaret style, like I 
was having to wear wigs and stuff. And I'm like, no, no. Mm. <laughs> no, not oh, no. Mm. Um, But then, like, there were a couple of shows where I was like, I had waist-long braids and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm rocking, I'm rocking this and, and that's cool. But I think it was just like that, that moment that I went back and then just kind of having to, conf to conform to what is acceptable in the New York scene was just really difficult to manage and, and actually really made me question, you know, like how, like how am I perpetuating like like the the kind of white supremacist standards that exist within the belly dance scene in the United States. And then it's like, how can I then veer away from that and actually like own having big curly hair and not freaking apologize for that and just be like, this is, this is, this is me, all of it, all of it, you know? Um, am I performing, you know, am I performing at a restaurant? No. <laughs> um, I've probably performed at a restaurant five times in my entire life. Um, but I think a lot of it is just like when, when you don't necessarily see people who are like you in, in those existing spaces, it's like, does it feel safe? And then it's like, and then when you go in and you, and you try to conform yourself to that standard, it, it's like, what am I sacrificing, you know, at the expense of like the other dancers who potentially see me and want to to do do the kind of work that that we do and and it's something just to be very like to be very mindful of yeah definitely and then danielle do you feel like or i'm sure that you have had experiences where um people see you other black dancers see you or maybe your students see you and they're like, you know what, seeing you perform or seeing you being a teacher really made me feel safe and welcome in this space. Yeah, um, and it's been really awesome. Um, some of my most amazing students, you know, they like I like to call us like misfits of sorts, you know, because we don't necessarily adhere to, to acceptable societal standards within both uh, traditional American cabaret style and infusion, but it's like, yeah, we have our, we have our place. Like we have a right, we have a right to be here. Mm -hmm. And this is the, this is the way that we are going to set our place. And if you don't like it too bad, so sad, you know, like I'm not here to impress you. That's not the end goal. Like I think I was put on this earth to be an artist and to help, help other people find love of art and and dance and things like that and you know i and so it's like why shouldn't i be loud and proud about that and find my own little community of misfits to to dance with you know yeah yes yeah and i um i definitely still have the experience of um like you know seeing other black women belly dance and like i went to turkey to visit laura and i was like it's been really important for me to see you here um in turkey doing this or even like when i first met iona i went to Asheville, and iona brought like you rolled deep with a whole like look at him come on we going to dc let i mean we going to Asheville. let's go 
How many of y'all were? There was like 12 of them, 12 like beautiful dancers, like, and you guys were happy and energetic and having a good time. I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is my scene. (laughs) So that like inspires me too, you know? But yeah, I'm sure a lot of you have had students or people come to you and be like, seeing you has inspired me. Have you all, do you all want to share any of those moments? I know uh, when I first took, when I took my first workshop with Ahava, that was my first class with a, with a black dancer. And I even told her every time I see her, I like, I don't think you understand how much, how inspired I've been since taking that first workshop with you. And I took that workshop back in 2008. Mm. So I was already kind of like comfortable with dancing, but being able to see her dance. And the same thing with Donna Mejia. If you guys have taken a Donna Mejia class, oh my God. you know, it's a giant brain teaser. And every time I see her, I'm like, I don't think you understand how much you inspire me. Because mm-hmm. uh, my first time at TribalCon that used to be here in Atlanta, Don Mejia was here. And then there was a couple other dancers. I think I saw like a bunch of other uh, dancers there. And every time I see like a big name dancer of colors, like I have to, I feel like I have to let you guys know. I remember yeah. when there was none of us and then you got there and I need you to know, I need you to stay there, stay <laughs> in the limelight because it's very easy for us to get knocked off because of xyz craziness that's happening mm-hmm. so it's like stay in the limelight i keep telling that to nefertiti all the time um i remember boca fest that was probably like my first mass infusion of black belly dancers all mine in the too that was amazing that was amazing and for a few i got to i didn't get to all of them i got to a couple of them but you know you know and back then i only went with one other person but i was like I, i'll go alone i don't care but that was the first time i saw that many um and that's the first time i saw naima perform too by the way mm-hmm. um a, a mass infusion of black belly dancers performing um all at once, all at the same teachers. I like, I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, <laughs> you just moved in your mind. <laughs> yeah. It was so much. It was so good. But, um, but it did, that definitely let me know that representation mattered not only to myself, but then to take on, you know, a mantle of saying, Hey, I want to teach this stuff. I want to direct this to other people yeah. and realizing that that is something that, you know, we all as instructors or workshop presenters, we, we carry that, you know, I, I think regardless of what you are, when you stand up there, happiest in all of your glory of all of your authentic self, there is somebody looking in the audience and they're saying, if she can do that, I can do that too. If they mm-hmm. can do that, I can do that too, you know, yes. and um, that that's key. That is very much key. So I know when I'm teaching classes and stuff like that, you know, I, I'm, I'm used to it now, but I'm, but I know that, and I, I think as a result, I really try to be my authentic self. I don't try to like, I, I can't do the, like Danielle was saying with the conformity stuff, like I can't, I can't do it because mm-hmm. it, I can't even smile right when I dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's you're not like, being you. It's not look right. Um, so yeah, very much key. Well, Nefertiti, I remember someone recently saying about you that like when they saw, I think it was Catrice recently. I Maybe I was listening to an interview that she did recently and she was saying that she saw you 
and that really inspired her because um, I think that she hadn't been encouraged in the same way that you had encouraged her and just seeing a black belly dancer. So Nefertiti, I'm sure that you have lots of stories like that where people say they saw you. Thanks for mentioning that um, because, you know, when I, when I came back from the Middle East um, right after the uprising, uh, actually before, I guess it was a month before it started. um, The one thing that I wanted to bring back was a development program that I started but I geared it really towards black dancers um, so that we could be seen, so that we could inspire each other and that we could, you know, go across the pond. <laughs> yes. We gotta get there You gotta get across the pond. And what does that look like? How do you manage the business of this if you're gonna do it as a business? How do you yeah. get agents, managers? How do you take care of all the minutia mm-hmm. that sets you up as a professional and so, you know, I've been, you know, I, I'm, I've actually been very, very humbled by the fact that so many black dancers have come through my development course um, and have find their niche in, in this art form. Some of them have gone on to be pros. Some of them have gone on to be, you know, AV goddesses. Some of them have even gone on in the world of hypnotizing dancers for competition. I mean, you never know what someone's Whoa. niche is until you develop whatever that is. So I, you know, that's something that I think I've all, I've geared myself towards too in my latter years is really developing, you know, the, the stars of today and tomorrow and, and really helping them have someone that believes in them, that's representative for them and that can push them out of the nest and say, go little bird, fly, be you, do great. Don't let anyone hold you back. Go forth and be Go forth. <laughs> do hot girl shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Nefertiti, the community is so lucky to have you. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for what you're bringing. Oh, you're so sweet, Ebony. It's 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 been a it's been one of my greatest joys, actually, as as an artist and a and an entrepreneur to do that as a community. Yeah. So I think we're gonna wrap up soon. Did anyone else have any more stories that they want to share, or any um, other black belly dancers that they've had their eye on these days that that are really doing something for them. I love Sienna Ariel. And and can we talk yes. about Amaladun? Yes. <laughs> can we talk about Amaladun? Yes, we I can. Remember when I first That's my girl. Amaladun. Yes. Um she's in Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, she was here in Washington DC for a while, but now she's in Denver. Yeah, and I first learned about her from um Effort, from Aphrodisiac, the first one that Sadira held. And when I saw her, I mm-hmm. was like, who is, who is this? I was texting uh, one of my friends and we were like, oh, I've got to cry. <laughs> She's amazing. Well, thank you all so much for getting together and having this chat. Um, my goal this month has really been for us to have a good time and to celebrate each other. Um, and to inspire one another. So, uh, and you all are the perfect people to do this. You're like definitely along for the ride. Thank so, you. Yeah, thank you all so much. Yeah, there are a lot of us. There are a lot of us out here. Yes, there are. Thank you so thank much. Thank you guys so much. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you.
I want to start off by giving all of the wonderful dancers who joined us today a gigantic thank you. Not only for being part of the Black Belly Dance Bundle and the challenge that we're running, but for taking the time to have this conversation. What you couldn't see, you know, because it's a podcast, was how whenever any of these dancers shared their stories and experiences, the other four were nodding along. This is such a shared experience and highlights exactly how much representation matters. Thank you so much, Ebony, for hosting this conversation and to you, my dear dancers, for taking the time to listen and learn. Hopefully some of you have found a shared experience here and others have found a whole nother way in which our dance is experienced by our fellow dancers. If you loved this episode, then you're going to love the Black Belly Dance Bundle, which is on sale from February 16th to the 23rd. So definitely do check out the entire instructor list at thebellydancebundle.com. And you can check the show notes at thebellydancebundle.com slash 90, where I've put in what links I could find to some of the pieces and dancers mentioned here, in addition to linking you to all of our wonderful guests, Iona, Nefertiti, Laura Adrienne, Rozzy, Ebony, and Danielle Hutton, so you can follow them on Insta and get on their mailing lists. Stick around, we have two more episodes in this series that you won't want to miss. Until then, go and celebrate Black dancers on Instagram with our Black Bundle Challenge. We can't wait to dance with you all. 